Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work. A desire for always learning and improving and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi, and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host, Jim Nettles, and I'm home just and fresh from the Saga Writers Conference, where we were teaching a bunch of workshops this weekend, got to meet and hang out with a lot of folks, uh, some of whom I knew and some of whom I didn't. It was a, it was a great weekend we had, and I'm still going to be recovering from it for a while. I uh, taught, uh, taught workshops this weekend on uh, publishing scams, things that happen in publishing and how we need to look at and, and deal with those. Uh, did a great workshop around Kickstarter, crowdfunding, what you can do with your projects. And the one that really brought a lot of questions this weekend was around how to make your pitch. How do you make a, a book pitch? We had a number of publishers that were in taking pitches uh, throughout the weekend. And one of the things that came up with a number of people was I never had really thought about how to look at understanding my book enough to be able to sell it. And this was sometimes true of people who had sold books, sold contracts, were out there selling books. And all of a sudden, it was a realization of there was a, a gap in how they were handling things. Um, for a lot of other people that were just coming in to try to make a pitch, meet a publisher, uh, get, a little bit, uh, get a little bit ahead there, we had a lot of really good conversations around what, how to approach that pitch. What is the pitch? What needs to go into it? And while a lot of the workshop I taught was really more about uh, putting in queries, query letters, we also did talk about how you make that in-person pitch. But there were a number of con consistent themes that came out of this conversation this weekend. And I had a really interesting conversation with somebody who was a romance writer. And we were talking about the difference in people that write in different genres. If you go to a romance writer's convention, and I've, I've been there, I've seen it. You know, pretty much everybody knows exactly what their pitch is. They can tell you what the genre is, what the what the line is, what the streamline is, what the catch line is, and they're ready to go. But in genre fiction, in even some of the thriller adventure spaces, even with some of the nonfiction stuff that I was talking about this weekend, a lot of people knew their story, they knew their process, they knew where they were going. But they couldn't really necessarily sum it up in a couple of sentences. They couldn't grab that hook that would tell people, is this something for me or not? I started out um, the conversation about this. When we go to make a pitch, this is part of our marketing process. And ethical marketing, again, is that idea of, I'm a storyteller. Ethical marketing is fundamentally an educational process. I'm telling you a story to then see, is it something you're interested in? If I'm going about the process ethically, then I'm just letting you know who I am, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and going through the process to see, does it resonate? Is it something that's for you or somebody you know? Uh, if I'm selling children's books, is it something good for your kids, grandkids? nieces, nephews, friends, whatever the case may be. If I'm looking and pitching something more along the lines of, again, romance, it was very interesting to watch those romance writers that were there, the ability to break it down and say, nope, here it is. It is a second chance romance. It's this, it's this. Versus 
I had a conversation with somebody who was bringing in uh, a bit more of a contemporary fantasy. I was like, well, I've got these things going on. I've got these things going on. And I asked the question, what's the theme of the book? They knew the story they were telling, but they didn't entirely understand the themes they were using behind it. They didn't understand the tropes. They didn't understand the storyline, the through line. And to an extent, they knew what they were trying to tell, but they hadn't given a lot of thought to the why they were telling that particular story and why knowing your why of storytelling was important. So we went through and talked about this. We broke a lot of things down. And I thought today we'd do a little bit of a, a mini workshop based on what we talked about over the weekend. And one of the first things that if you're working on a project and you want to kind of even float it to see if there's interest in it, is have a pitch line, have that elevator pitch, that one or two sentences that tell somebody, here it is, here's, here's exactly what it is. And depending on who the audience is, and depending on the genre, depending on the space, it's going to take a little bit of a different form. Um, the one, the example I use, because this is probably one of the better ones I've ever done, is my little urban fantasy book where I'm like, it's a murder mystery. Somebody's killing gnomes and putting them into garden statues or turning them into garden statues. Looking at that tagline and a number of people all of a sudden are like, okay, yeah, I got to have that book. But that little tagline grabs attention. I know exactly what I'm getting out of the story. I know it's a mystery. I know that there's a bit of dark humor to it. I know there's a lot of things that I can unpack out of that sentence or two. If it's a romance book, you may just come in and say, second chance romance with a baseball player and his former high school sweetheart. Maybe you're coming in and, and you're saying it is a political thriller. Imagine Game of Thrones meets Firefly, whatever the case may be. So the first thing is really understand what your book, what your story, what the point of it is. And if you're having a conversation, you're standing up pitching the book, um, you're doing a slush read at an event, you're doing a read for an agent, doing a reading reading for uh, a publisher, where you're going in and walking in, you really only have a couple of seconds to set that hook and grab them. Um, some publishers will give you more latitude than others, especially ones that operate in wider or very narrow niches where they're looking for things very specifically. Other times, if you are writing in wide competitive spaces, you'd better have that pitch tightened down. And if you're walking in and doing this pitch live, you get a little bit of that in-person read. But what do you do if you're sending a query letter? You're trying to get an agent. You're trying to get a publisher. And it's somebody you don't necessarily know or have any connection to. Well, there's a couple of things there that every query letter, every pitch should have. And the first thing is this. Know what you're trying to sell. Know who the audience is. Know why that audience is interested. And so the first thing you really want to be able to do is come in and say, I understand who you are as a publisher. I know who you are as an agent. And I'm coming to you for an intentional reason. So in other words, you want to give a degree of personalization there enough to go and say, Mr. Agent, I know that you represent the genre I'm in, the space I'm in. You represent these authors who you may or may not know. And it creates a little bit of that introduction. 
or maybe it's somebody you met at an event like what I was at this weekend, and you can go and say, hey, we met at the Saga Conference. We met at this convention. You said you were interested in talking further. I just wanted to reconnect and say, here we go. And one of the most important things I said that came out of this weekend is if you make that kind of connection, follow up. Actually act on it. Because if somebody says, yes, yeah, send me something, they actually want it. Because they get plenty of other material. So if I go and I meet you somewhere and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm interested. I see that you're out working. I see you're doing the things that you need to be doing. Send me something, then do it. The next part of it is be able to give a solid synopsis of the story. And yes, if you are trying to sell to an agent or a publisher, give them the synopsis, including how the book wraps. This is not where you're trying to write a book blurb and trying to say, ooh, well, here's the mystery. No, you want to say it is a this kind of story. Here's the hook. Here's the conclusion. And oh, by the way, this is a one book. It's a three book deal, whatever the case might be. You want to be able to very concisely put in and say, here's my book. Here's my story. They don't want the mystery. They want to know that you know what your product is. The next big piece you want to make sure you include in that query letter, that pitch letter, is a relevant bio. And what do I mean by, by relevant? If you're a writer and you have, you're, you're telling a story about entomology, somehow or another that's critical to the story you're telling. If you are an entomologist or a biologist and you've worked in that field for a long time, that's relevant. If you're telling a story about um, that involves a lot of entomology and you're interested in it, but for professionally, let's say that you work as a barista. Well, saying, hi, yeah, I'm a barista and this is my story about ants in the jungle and somebody going through and trying to, to face this fear. Understanding that may not be relevant and won't help you. But if you go in and say, this is a romance set in a coffee shop and I've been a barista for 10 years or I own a coffee shop or whatever the case may be, that's relevant. Understanding the relevance of your bio is one of those things that can help you sell the book or at least get that next page of attention. And while we're talking about the bio, you also want to include things like how much have you written? What's been published? Have you gotten any awards and accolations? It, things like that that are relevant, things that will help somebody understand who you are and make a decision. What I don't want to know and what we don't need to know is that you have a lot of dogs and cats. What I don't need to know is family history, family background, again, unless it's relevant. You know, for example, you're doing a memoir or telling the story of something and you happen to be part of the family, that can be relevant. When we look at and consider information like this, you want to put in the things that somebody would use to help make a decision in your favor. Another one of the things you want to make sure is in your pitch and your query letter is that you are following the instructions that that agent, that publisher, whoever it is, is asked for. Because if somebody goes and says, hey, I have very specific submission guidelines, follow them. Often we see that these submission guidelines have things buried in them, and I want to know that you read them. I want to know, 
that you can follow instructions, something I sometimes have problems with. But I want to know that you can follow instructions. You can take guidance and that you're easy to work with. You're good to work with. Just because you may have a fantastic book, a fantastic product, if you're challenging to work with, I'm much more likely going to be working with somebody else who's not. If you are and have a great reputation, you put out a long list of things, but I still know that you're a challenge to work with, publishers are going to be much less likely to want to do that because they already have enough enough issues to th and things to work with. If you can't work in partnership with your publisher, you can't work in partnership with your agent, those things are going to accumulate over time and it's going to ultimately be a problem. So this is one of those things individually and personally. As a creator, yes, we're deeply invested in the work we do. We are deeply driven by the work we do and the product we create. That being said, we still have to remember the side that's the business. Be good and easy to work with. So looking at my query letter so far, what do I have? I should have a nice, clean, open greeting. I should acknowledge if there's any connection between myself and, the, and my intended audience. In other words, have we met? Did you ask for something? Did I do something via pit mad? And you said, hey, yeah, we connected. You know, Send me something. If you've got any sort of a relevant connection, mention it. Remind the person how you met, where, when, what they asked for. You want to make sure that you understand your work very cleanly, concisely, and you put the message together really nicely and neatly as a package. You want to have a short bio. And again, this is one of those things where brevity is your friend in all of these things. You know, if this is more than a page, you're probably going way too long. So what I want to do beyond that, wrap it up. Be polite. Give people that nice, concise message that says, thanks for taking your time. Appreciate you taking a look at it. And if you've built that query letter really cleanly, really well written, then at least you've got a chance of them picking up and looking at the manuscript and giving you a paragraph or two of a read to see, is there even a hook or a graph there? Which fundamentally gets us to the last piece of the entire query process that a lot of people almost sort of seem to forget. If you're trying to sell a product, if you're trying to get a contract, you're trying to create that connection, have good product have something that's well-written, well-done, and that somebody may connect with. Because often we think that what I have is fantastic, especially younger writers. As we get deeper and deeper in the business, we all know that we suck. Just every book sucks less. We get to connect with people in new and different ways. We play with things. But again, there is a little bit of a challenge there that we know we always have, which is the fears, the doubts, those things that creep in every time we go submit something. Because no matter how many books you've written, no matter how successful you've been, we all face times of imposter syndrome. We face certain levels of doubt about putting ourselves in creating vulnerability about the quality of the work we're doing. 
we wonder, have we told the story well enough? We wonder if we've created something with enough originality to the story to grab readers. The only thing I can say about that is do the work to create good product. And that involves editors, that involves beta readers, that involves other people taking a look at your work to tell you, have you done well with it? And if you're going to use a paid editor or somebody like that to do developmental editing work before you send something in, you don't necessarily want to put that in the query letter, but understand you may get the question of, especially if something looks really strong and really clean, somebody may say, have you already had this edited? Have you already been through this part of the process? And you want to tell people yes. And Part of the follow-up question to that can then become, are you intending to do this with every book before you deliver it? And over time, you'll learn what your sins are. You'll learn what your errors in process are. You'll learn those things that every editor that sees your work says, cut 20% of this word. Whatever the case may be, we all have those sins. We have those crutches. We have those things we do. Learn what they are and learn to clean those up. But with your first submissions, I would suggest make sure you've had somebody go through it and give you a good proofing to at least tell you it's coherent. Make sure you've put something together that's good and solid product. And that person should not be really family. That person should not be close friends. Ideally, this should be somebody who has some knowledge, skills, and experience in the industry even if it's just a fellow writer you're working with. So make sure when you go to do these things, go through the query, go through the pitch, you have a solid product at the end, package that up, send it on, get the right people to put their eyes on it. And going to that idea of who are the right people for a pitch, if you are looking for, let's say, an agent, Shotgunning out your manuscript to everybody you see that just says agent is not going to be productive. Be understanding and be selective of who you want to contact and have a reason to be contacting them. Even if it's a blind, cold contact, looking at and understanding that somebody is an agent in your genre, in your space, and that is currently taking submissions is important. And understanding that they're a legitimate agent, not an agent or a publisher where they are fundamentally running a scam. And this is something I talked about on Friday night was, you know, the scams in publishing often come down to, hi, I want to be your agent. I want to be your publisher. Write me a check. If somebody says, hi, I want to be your agent. I want to be your publisher. Write me a check. The answer is run. Money as an author flows from the publisher to the author. The author should not be writing a check for anything related to the production of their book, the production of their work. Once you have a contract with your agent, with your publisher, you're going through this process. Are there things you might pay for now and then, such as I'll pay for a developmental edit to have somebody look at my book before it goes out the door to make sure I've done a good job with it? Sure. But should my publisher ask me to pay for my own editing? No. Should my publisher ask for me to pay for my cover? No. Might I make a decision that I don't like a cover? 
negotiate with the publisher and say, okay, great. I have something in particular I want on the front of the book. And at the end of the day, you then decide to pay for that. It happens. But your publisher should not be coming and saying, you have to do this. So remember when you're going out there, you're putting out the letter, you're putting out the queries, be clear, be concise, understand the expectations because it is a different skill set to write a book or a novella or a short story from the query and pitch letters that you send out there to make contact with people to see if there's interest. So as you're moving forward in your publishing careers, as you're moving forward in other businesses, at the end of the day, what is really important is understand your product. Understand what you're delivering, who your potential reader is, who your potential fan base is. Because the last big piece that a lot of questions came in on around this idea of query, around the idea of pitching, whether it was in sending a cold submission letter somewhere or whether it was actually making a pitch in the session, was understanding really what you're trying to pitch to, who the audience is. The larger the publisher, the more likely they're going to have to run the book through their marketing department. And I had several conversations this weekend where one of the things that came up was publisher held onto it for years. Well, part of what they may have been looking at was, we like the book, how do I sell it? The larger a publisher, the larger an agent, the question then becomes not, do I have great work, but does it fit with what I can actually sell? And if you're writing in genre fiction, if you do something that crosses too many lines, it's too much genre mixing, it may not be commercial unless you can really nail it down and say, the primary genre is X, but it has these elements. For example, it is a historical fantasy but it has romantic elements versus it's a historical romance with fantastical elements. Understanding and knowing the difference between those two, the story you're selling will help those publishers understand how they might be able to sell it, how it fits into their catalog and how it really ties into their business model. Because if their business model and your business model don't work together, then it's not a good partnership. You may have written a great book. You may have a great product. But if both sides aren't a good fit for each other, then this is often why we see rejection notices come out. Is because you've sent a historical romance novel to somebody that only publishes contemporary. You've written an urban fantasy and put it in the hands of somebody that only publishes hard horror. You've written a techno thriller and you've put it in the hands of a publisher that only deals with historical uh, historical fiction or memoirs. Know who you're contacting and why and understand does your work fit with what they do. Same thing is true if you do other products. If you're in creative space and you're creating creative products, understand who your audience is, understand who your buyers are, and understand how they can connect your work with the right customer, with the right fans and the right people of interest. 
So that's kind of the things to think about this week is if you are going to go try to sell some work, you're going to go be making a pitch. You're going to go out there and try to put something in somebody's hands. Be aware of who your audience is. Be aware of what the benefit is you bring to them. Be aware of how you can help coach that marketplace, sell your work for you. And last but not least, be polite and be a good human being. Until next week, this has been Creating Pros. I'm your host, Jim Nettles, and we'll see you again soon.